So I want to start with generosity. Um, and that's one hack that helps me show up in conversations that I'm not a part of because I'm providing content, highlighting people, asking them for quotes that I'm supporting, that I now get to be part of the conversation or the movement or community. Um, and I, that's, so that's one hack is, um, is gratitude. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. In this episode, we have a remarkable guest with us that's set to fuel your creative fires. We're joined by an industry pioneer who's about to unravel the secrets of creativity, process, and top-notch equipment. Get ready to dive into the world of media and content with Vinny Botestivo. Tune in and we'll explore the remarkable journey of self-discovery from humble beginnings to the heights of success. So buckle up and join us on this captivating adventure of innovation and inspiration. Vinny, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Janine, it is an honor, a pleasure, not just to be here, but I am prepped. We are going to be cre get creative, be creative, talk about process, talk about equipment. These are things that have guided me throughout my career. Can't wait to share what I know, and I can't wait for us to figure out what, what we can learn together. I know, man. There's so much. There's so much there, and we just got introduced to each other like almost a year ago. It's like haven't been a year yet. And oh, wow. I'm just loving all the stuff that you've shared over the over the many meetings and, and you know the hangouts that we did. So thank you so much for you know yeah well, giving the opportunity to bring you we on. We have such a voca a similar vocabulary. We have s so many similar goals in video and yeah helping people maximize the perception of and the capabilities even of themselves. Look, I learned in basic cable. I learned in you know, 1998 cable had to tap into personal <laughs> brands. And when, when I see what you're doing to up level the personal brand, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's up leveling now, I get weird about time. It's sure. up leveling now, but it's normalizing the future. If you if that makes sense. And like what you're helping people do today is making them stronger in the future. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. And, and, and that's exponential. And that's the power of the personal brand and video. So I, I love what you're doing, the tools, the support you give us. It's awesome. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. That was that was a that was a great testimonial. Like it just <laughs> please do. This right. testimonial is approved by Vinny Potestivo. <laughs> <laughs> so Vinny, tell me, tell us to the the listener who hasn't met you yet. You know, look, let's walk through memory lane and share a little bit about your origin story where you come from and i mean we mentioned like when we were in the green room you're talking about recording or editing with two vcrs now oh, people yeah. who haven't heard of what the vcr is it's a video cassette player if you don't know what a video cassette is <laughs> there there's we'll, we'll have a glossary of of information yeah right <laughs> in the show notes so you know exactly what, what we're talking about but that was really amazing like Tell us, tell us how that even came up. Oh yeah, cool. Well, look, uh, I was born in '77. The like the beginning of the advent of media and content that cross the crossing of media and content, uh, mm -hmm. meaning 
um, if media is the platform that we're watching it, feature films or television content are the shows, the films, the characters. So in the early 80s, I'm seeing movies get turned into TV shows, TV shows get turned into movies. Yeah. Uh, the, the boom of the talk show comes out in the 80s. MTV comes out, you know, in 81, um, which I didn't connect with because um, I, I rock and roll wasn't the music that I was brought up listening to. So like MTV, sure. to me, it was a little too much rock and roll. Um, <laughs> my gosh, I sound so persnickety saying that. I, I, by the way, long story short, I was at MTV for 10 years, um, from 98 to 07. And I got to um, create and be part of the team that brought reality TV as we know it to the network with the Osbournes and Punked and Newlyweds and Wild and Out and uh, Run's House and The Hills and Laguna Beach. And, you know, I, I want to talk all about the, how innovation and opportunities and errors led to all of those shows, by the way, because yeah. because what I learned from being perched at MTV, what I learned from by by having access to a location that was so pivotal to an audience mm. that every creator had to pass through MTV to get to that youth audience, Diddy, Beyonce, Britney Spears, Mandy Moore, Jessica Simpson, Ashton, I can go into canon, I can go on and on about yeah. these people who I now relate to more than ever. I am I feel like I am a solo creator. I am an innovator. I'm, I'm creating podcast episodes and content no one's asking for. I have to put it out in the world and support it and hope that I'm connected to my audience and that it serves them. And I, I've yeah. never felt more connected to that celebrity brand that I've been so exposed to because I've been so fearful of losing mm. control over my own identity, my own brand. Yeah. And what we can do is, as independent creators now is exponential. Um, but, but again, I grew up in the seventies, eighties, nineties content, you know, um, cable television happens, CNN gets added, Fox news gets added. Fox news I hear is in New York. Yeah. I want to be on TV. I go to blockbuster every week. That VHS tape for me was the easiest way to get onto TV, by the way, it was on VHS. So if I can get my hands yeah. on a camcorder and record myself usually uh doing a tour i was very involved in my church and i was very much about um covering stories that youth groups were doing and then i found an opportunity to be an intern at the staten island basic access channel where i learned um uh data cons i learned about uh video processing i learned about mm -hmm. video storage i learned about converting tape to digital Oh, then yeah. I go to school from 95 to 95, 99, where Napster and the internet explodes with innovative ways to, you know, so it's all about moving content and, mm. and it's that sort of um, fascination of that, that propelled me. And um, ultimately it led to an opportunity, as I said, at MTV, uh, as I would say, a cable network back then. And it wasn't on my radar, but it was the closest I could get to Broadway. That was my goal, Broadway, Times yeah. Square, New York. And there they were. So I thought, you know, this, this is my opportunity. This is my step in. So uh, that's so cool. A unique I mean, way, but <laughs> I mean, I hear a lot of, a lot, like a lot of it was being in the space or being in the location where that yeah. is promoted. Like the same years that you were growing up in, 
the US, I was in Saudi Arabia. We only have two channels on the television that would start from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. That was it. Wow. <laughs> the rest of the time it was just colored bars, you know. Wow. So yeah. VHS was. And was it something. local programming or programming? It was local programming. Global, yeah. 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 We didn't, we didn't, they hadn't introduced global programming. That's, I think towards the end when I would moved out is when they had these giant dish antennas yep. they would put on the, on the rooftops. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, they have a hundred channels. Was, <laughs> were you aware boy. of it growing up? Were you aware that the content you were watching was like, like that there was other content outside of what you were watching? Like what the, what was that like as a. It was because I came to the U.S. in 85 and 89. So oh, yeah, I had like some exposure to the content, but I didn't see it as content. I was like, oh, this is movies and films, right? Yeah. They played Knight Rider and, and um, uh, MacGyver back in the U.S. Back in, oh, yeah. you know, back yeah, in the, Saudi. Yeah, no, that time. It sounds Growing like the up, Twilight and, Zone was probably part of that package too. <laughs> no, Twilight jo Zone was way too oh, out of oh, yeah. because they're censored. Like they're censoring okay. content. Oh, that's there, right. So that's right. That's right. Only yeah, of content. Wow. <laughs> that's sci-fi related, or you know, that's. But you're uh, aware like, of that even then. That's powerful. Yeah, and and so I mean, it's it's really cool how our surroundings is what enables us to get into the pieces, get into the places that you would not would not have imagined. Um, but let's keep going. Yeah, I, mean, I knew, you know why? Can I tell you, there's something in my, in my yeah, life that happened there. Uh, someone in my life told me that I wasn't talented and that the only way I would ever possibly be able to break into the industry, because we knew no, I knew no one that even knew anyone that worked, mm -hmm. even though I'm from Staten Island, you, you know, so yeah. close, but such a little bubble and such a special little bubble that is. That person told me that that it would need to be luck and that I would literally need to be found on a corner where some casting director, you know. So this idea of needing to be prepared, needing to be someplace other than where I am now to make something happen, that ideation of where where I go to find opportunity has propelled my entire career. Mm -hmm. um, long story short, I created a database in college uh, of talent. I, I was good at Excel. I took out an ad. I said, I'm creating a, a, a if you want it on air opportunities, send me your headshots and I'll email you opportunities. And I would mm. sort of look at this magazine called backstage. I would scan in copies and send it. To mm. And one of the ads in backstage says casting director at MTV, meet us on Wednesday at 10 AM. We're doing a shoot with, with Whitney Houston, come dressed as our ready for camera. And I was like, you got it. 45th and Broadway, that's a corner. Like you have to, yeah. you have to that's be on the corner, corner for the cast. So I'm like, this is okay. I'll take this opportunity with me. And I, yeah. I went there by the way. And I, I didn't get to ask Whitney Houston the question. I did get sure. selected to ask a question. The question was to Whitney, um, what was it like recording with Mariah Carey on the Prince of Egypt soundtrack? And when the producer told her my question, I heard her and I saw her, I saw Whitney go, I'm not answering that question. I was like, no, like my TV dreams are being crushed. And because of that, I turned to the casting director and I said, thanks for this opportunity. This, what a, what an experience, like mm -hmm. this, what an awesome day. I happen, I have a database of like 700 models, actors from like the tri-state area. Yeah. If I can ever help you get connect to talent, non-union talent that are looking for opportunities, please let me know. And he says, okay, Vin. 
So we're shooting a very Busta Christmas special tomorrow. Do you think you can get us 15 people? And I was like, yes. Yes. Gladly went back to college. Um, asked the people that I know because I know they would mm. perform for themselves and for me that, you know, showing yeah. up and performing yeah. is how the casting director, you know, it's not just filling the slot. It's how that slot performs that ultimately casting is held responsible to. Yeah. And that's how my 10 year career at MTV started. And, and it was, it was because someone told me I had the power to change my story. And I was, and then I went there with that in mind. And then look at what we yeah. did with reality TV. Ashton Kutcher didn't want to be seen as just an actor model who confront movies. He wanted to prove that he was capable of creating TV shows, franchises mm -hmm. that would change pop culture. And that's exactly what that he did with Punk. And, you know, we got to be a part of that, which is scarring <laughs> but fun oh my god <laughs> that's for that's for the after show we'll talk about those i know right There's, that's stories for the after, after show. I mean, holy smokes <laughs> like that in itself just shows that hey if you take that one thread and just run with it yeah you can go so far but the problem is like most of the creators they're just stuck in their minds like oh my god is this going to work is it going to work no is it it's only going to work if you take an action on it right you don't take an action if you're just thinking about okay, how's it going to work what do i got to do I, I like to tell this small story from the beginning of 2020 my cousin was like hey i'm working on the garden and i was like oh i want to do a garden <laughs> three weeks later he comes back he's like hey i've got uh i've got potatoes i've got i've got uh you know all these vegetables in my garden i was like wait what did you do because i hadn't started mine he's like well i started mine <laughs> <laughs> and I planted the seeds. I'm like, oh crap! I've been just thinking about what plants to put, <laughs> not starting anything. Yeah, that's. But by the way, I can connect that to social scrolling. Also, I'm like, what go. do you mean you haven't heard from me on LinkedIn in like a week? I'm on LinkedIn every single day, probably. I don't even uh, want to know how much how much time you know I spent because I love connecting with people on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Also, I could consume content. When I am in consumption mode, that's the same thing. Yeah. I'm paralysis, right? It's like I'm yeah. literally yeah. like, um, but but um, I got to say this. I wouldn't do what I did for a living if I didn't love being in the audience of great people. And my Amen. whole career is surrounding myself with that opportunity to have friends in show business. I wanted that so bad. I wanted everyone says it's not about show friends, it's show business. And I was like, I'm going to change that. I don't want that. No, I'm not going to. Yeah. And, and, you know, shows are fleeting, contracts are come to an end, every beginning has in every cycle, MTV News isn't even around anymore, so sad, right, so by the way, so sad. Um, uh, but the need for MTV News isn't there because the youth culture has control of it, has an ability yes, to control their voice and show up and represent themselves. Yeah. And um, again, innovation in video. And it, it's, it's so true. And, and one of the things that you mentioned, right? MTV was the gatekeeper that everybody talked about. Mm -hmm. You've got to fake it till you make it kind of mentality. For sure. But we don't have that anymore. Mm -mm. No. Like you can see TikTok creating creators. You can see YouTube. You can see all of these platforms giving them an open access to literally anybody. Yeah. I got to be honest because I worked on some of the seasons of Housewives also. So up until like 2010, let's say maybe fake it till you make it. Um, after 2010, 
after maybe during and post Obama era, you know, a lot of what happens in media contra supports what's happening in politics. So when things are in the liberal media going well, shows tend to have a little bit more audaciousness. So like when everyone was so happy that Obama was in office, housewives yeah. were ferocious. And then when things got a little turbulent in the liberal media because of Trump being there, everyone calms down. So there's, it's an interesting mm. relationship that, that they That's have there. Um, that just, 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 a, just again, just to point out in, in the seasonality of, of development and, and tapping into um, part of like uh, how the public will be creating content versus how we as creators can create content. And that, that's where I think having true values, goals, like locking into a direction as opposed to a path, is, yeah. um, especially if time is included in that path. Like time, now that people don't hear things in sequence that we put them out and the linearity of you know, you don't have yeah. to rush home at 3.30 in the afternoon to watch Total Request Live anymore and to hear what's going on in pop culture. Um, yeah. The benefit to that back then was that people made decisions, made decisions based on access to that live audience between 3.30 and 4. So MTV became pivotal because mm. it, it had the attention of the youth culture and decisions were made. I mean, we, I, Diddy popping by the studio, um, uh, uh, Mariah bringing ice cream for the audience, like you know, like there, you know, there people can show up in in, in crazy, fun, passionate ways. Um, what I love now, though, about maybe some more of the people who are listening to this than some of the people I've been talking about, is is me, you, and the audience have more in common, and and more probably media in our back pockets that we own than they yeah. do. And I know this for a fact, and and. You know, as, as all these platforms grow, platforms will need catalogs to buy and stars to mm -hmm. make every, so MTV needed stars, Bravo needs its stars, YouTube needs its stars, threads mm -hmm. will need its stars, blue sky. Yes. If you're on blue sky, that will need it. TikTok proves it, right? Like this, if, if it does, TikTok, TikTok needed its stars. It was a star making machine, Yeah, you know, because it needs its stars. I know this for a fact, platforms need people to amplify and celebrate because people follow people and and again how we show up it's it, yeah we now don't have to go through those gates <laughs> of people who are not like us who do not yeah. connect to us or understand us to approve our ability to get content out there that's that's powerful that's, so, that's that is that is absolutely powerful and what's interesting is that those platforms are simply frameworks. It's an empty building. Mm -hmm. A building comes alive when people show up, right? You can put on a beautiful event and you can, you can see probably photos, but they were, they've got this beautiful looking chairs and flowers, but it still looks dead without people. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is what you can do. You got to put people in it. So. Mm -hmm. Power to the people. Yeah, power to the people. That's what, kind creative. of like what frustrates me right now. I mean, not not to put a timestamp on this, but as we're recording this in the summer and, and the strike is happening and the unions and Hollywood has come to a screeching halt, to call this era that we're in right now the creator mm -hmm. economy, it's, I got to be honest, it's, I, that's some gaslighting weird. That's like, like um, we want to pay creators some content, but we need an excuse. Look, I come from reality TV where most of my shows 
and I'm not offended by this, but most of my shows are on people's guilty pleasure lists. Like I wasn't <laughs> even on, you know what I mean? Like, oh, oh, I love that show, Vin. It's on my guilty pleasure list. The Hills, of course I watched it. <laughs> guilty pleasure. I'm like, why is it got millionaire? Why do these got to be guilty pleasure shows? But um, uh, so, so again, but the power we have in how we walk. Podcasting has been fun because it's, it's a real focus on storytelling, but one thing I it learned is. about the power of video and podcasting. Um, so I have a podcast, it's called I Have a Podcast, and I talk to my friends and, and the people I, I literally grew up with 25 years ago in this industry. So Jamie Lynn Sigler uh, and I were talking and her, her quality, I mean, she's obviously, she played Meadow on The Sopranos and she's in TV shows and films and she's, yeah pretty big celebrity in the podcasting space, but her 4k camera, the way she showed up, the way she just looked like a star. And I was like, Jim, you're just like, we're just podcasting, but you look like a billion bucks. And she's like, it's just mm -hmm. the camera and some lighting. And I was like, oh, I'm making the decision to put myself in 720 or Ford, whatever 60 back then. I'm making the decision to put myself in a ratio where I know it's already outdated, let alone um, yeah. and that's where I was fascinated in, you know, in what you're doing and how you're helping the people who are, are creating content that we own, that we are, we're leveraging right own. now yeah. on social media. I can't wait for yeah. web three to really hit. I can't wait for us to step away from going online and, and move towards going on chain and, 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 and really, uh, embracing the opportunity of collaboration, um, also I also think that's where x.com kind of genius and no one sees it yet. That's, like, that's kind of where it's going. Right? Collaboration. Sure. I mean, it's all about collaboration. It's all about it is. our yeah. combined knowledge. Otherwise, it's AI predicting what we should know next. And that's, mm. I didn't sign up for that version. <laughs> no, no, because AI is still dependent on what happened in the past, mm -hmm. not what we're creating in the future. And it's our mind's ability to create the future not what was done in the past. Yeah, amen for that. Absolutely. Oh yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, you're going to share three hacks to take away for the superpreneurs lesson here. Hold on. Hold on. I'll be right back. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Guys, welcome back. We've been talking with Vinny Potestivo. He is amazing. He's done some fabulous things, brought together some really amazing talent 
I mean, he was he brought in 15 people for a show the next day this casting <laughs> producer was putting together. Check out yeah. the story in, uh, earlier in the episode. But he's got three hacks to take away for you guys. So, Vinny, you're on, brother. Oh, I love that. Yeah. All right. So three hacks. One is uh, let's start with let's start with the ending. And I want to end on generosity. Mm. Right? I had to come up with a system of generosity when I meet people that I'm meeting for the first time, especially knowing that content creation is a solid form of networking and it shows up in SEO and in social and it, it proves a relationship and it proves a conversation and it connects us in a unique way and it creates data points. Yeah. that otherwise couldn't be found. So, so I had a focus at the end and, and, and generosity for me comes up. Um, I, as I mentioned, have a podcast, but for the people who I'm not able to have on my, as guests, I have a podcast.com is a launch pad for new podcasters. Like I created that platform, an easy way to onboard people. Um, I have a podcast.com slash interview is the literal form. If you were hearing this deep in the episode, I trust y'all <laughs> in Junaid's world to, to share your information. I create an article that's posted on hundreds of blogs that are pulling from my blog RSS, thanks to Google News. But I had to create a system of generosity so that I could be, I don't want to, I want to say multiplicative and mm -hmm. amplify. I want to make some new word up, you know, something that something that just really empowered you was at your time, your place. And it's um, I'm excited because of the direction that that's going in and that generosity, that idea of of having a place to celebrate people mm -hmm. was how I built. I have a podcast dot com. And then I was like, well, what? Well, why is that my why aren't my episodes on it because it's a called I have a podcast.com and mm -hmm. and here's a great example of how generosity and look uh, by default I'm a people person but I've learned to cope with that <laughs> I have great <laughs> I have great boundaries and I've been in therapy a very long time um to to say this I love being a people pleaser it's also one of my weaknesses if I can build a, a way to automate and amplify my gratitude for meeting people and celebrating who they are then so gratitude for me was where I wanted new conversations to sort of end before they're, they're someplace else. So that system of gratitude was important for me. And I've been able to leverage that system of gratitude into a TV show, a radio show, um, uh, a, a podcast, a LinkedIn presents podcast on the LinkedIn podcast Academy network. Um, it's been a really cool opportunity. And, and again, I call it, I have a podcast because it's very clunky. So I want to start with generosity. Um, and that's one hack that helps me show up in conversations that I'm not a part of because I'm providing content, highlighting people, asking them for quotes that I'm yeah. supporting, that I now get to be part of the conversation or the movement or community. Um, and I, that's, so that's one hack is, um, is gratitude. Uh, the second mm -hmm. hack uh, it sharing uh, is that a, you want, can, should I just keep going or oh yeah keep going yeah cool okay the second act I want is hack is sharing and or or making shareable content so I'll keep it really simple because we know this one is one of my favorite ones to do mm -hmm. Jiffy where you make gifs j j gifs on Giphy or gifs <laughs> I hate I hate this word gifs gifs whichever you believe is how you mm -hmm. say it. 
by creating stickers, by having an account on GIPHY.com, which is free for anyone to go to, to create a yeah. free account. It allows you to create branded content, visual content, words, um, energy, uh, artistic, creative content that allows people to discover you if they don't know you through words. So if you type in podcaster and GIF search on Instagram, you'll find me or LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Or if you type in um, Podmatch, you'll find me and Junaid and you'll find a bunch of other ways that we've sort of organized it. But yeah. but making shareable content. Now, I'm not talking about posts that are shareable. I'm talking about specifically stickers and GIFs that are assets that people are using when they are creating content, original content. Um, the, the benefit of focusing on that shareable form of content mm -hmm. is more and more platforms are pulling from it. Um, and just this weekend I got hit up by a friend who was watching something on TikTok where this person used, um, an AI app to create videos. And because the AI app is pulling GIFs from mm -hmm. Jiffy doc gifts from Jiffy.com, uh, a specific image a gif of me holding um, a linkedin cup that pops up and down is being is in their is in, in their video and i actually reached yeah. out to the ai for a video team and i was like i'm the guy i'm like the linkedin guy and they were like that's <laughs> weird <laughs> and i said they're yeah like, but if if ai don't promote our app over here yeah they're like we're just trying I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, so i said this i said look can you tag me in tiktok because i'm never on tiktok in any of his Good. And look, if AI isn't used to bring us together, it's going to be used to rip us apart. So like, what a weird, strange way, fellow creator, to uh -huh. meet you. And it's nice to say hi, <laughs> give me a freaking tag. So that comes that comes from share. And, and again, sharing sticker, I'm talking about stickers and stories, GIFs, memes, we'll see them, they come up in keyboards on our on, on our iPhones on iOS. Mm -hmm. They come up in platforms like Facebook and TikTok that are native to the platform. Um, gratitude, sharing. And you know what? I guess the, my third hack, because I have a funny relationship with consistency, is sustainability over consistency. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like, so my formula for sustainability would be like consistency times grace. I just that sounds real good to me by the way it does let me have enough I, space to focus on the impact focus mm. on the best focus on the thought because I want to be a thought leader as yes. opposed to making a daily contribution mm. to space <laughs> of social media but that sustainability piece the focus of sustainability um it helps me focus on my five brand pillars. So I always stay on topic. As you've heard, I can go quite off topic and throw in way too many facts to the conversation. Having five brand pillars that I've leaned on for a decade has helped me. I'll tell you this has helped me be me. And when people used to tell me, Vinny, lean into being you lean into yourself, like you're so unique, just be you. I, I, well, unfortunately, unfortunately, y'all are getting the <laughs> Vinny 100 <laughs> that I finally have tapped into and, and I love it. And I'm, to, I, and it, there's flow that comes with that. And flow comes with focus and an unconsciousness to it too. So I'm like, I can be, <clears throat> and that's a wonderful place to be um, as a creator. Um, and we have control again yeah. over a lot of how we can show up. Um, 
with gratitude always um, sustainably because I want to be that source as I have been for 25 years of finding new talent, celebrating new talent. Yo, new conversations are hard to get started because the old ones. Oh have my God. So it's, much it's the hardest, data, right? you know, that's why, um, that's why they have like the, literally the first speech somebody does at Toastmasters is called icebreakers. Oh yeah. Yeah. You gotta break the ice. You do. So Vinny, thank you so much for your hacks. Gratitude, sharing, sustainability are the three hacks that you shared. And thank you so much. Those were amazing. There's so much to talk. There's so much to uncover. And you've given us a really good chunk of your day, time day <laughs> to share your wisdom, share all the stuff that you've come along with. This last section of the episode, I call it the rapid fire questions or okay. flash fire. I, I don't, I need to come up with a name for it, Vidi. All maybe right. You can help us. Sure. All right. Is that the first the question? First... Well, let's make that the last question and maybe we'll have. Uh... <laughs> we'll make the last question. Our <laughs> first question is what is the one hobby that you wish you got into? Photography. Ooh. Yeah. I, uh, uh, photography video I, I uh there's something about that eye the eye and the construct of a scene and the framing of it that uh is unfortunately lost on me because i uh worked with great people who had that skill set so i didn't mm -hmm. need to yeah. because it wasn't necessarily required of me but photography and, and and maybe with that comes like a slash slash design, slash design. uh in this loud world of content that we live in yeah. We used to talk about louder characters, you know, is their voice going to get heard? So you get these Patty Stinger, millionaire matchmaker-esque loud characters to break through the noise. Solid design, sustainable content, consistent message is going to outperform all of that uh, from a mental health perspective, too. <laughs> I love that, man. That That's really beautiful. Okay, next question. What did you want to be when you were a child? Uh, um, well, sure, an astronaut uh, until probably like 83 or 84 when um, the Columbia. We were in yeah, when we were in school and that happened. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I had my eye on TV. You know what? My favorite Muppet in the Muppet Show was Scooter. He was the stage manager. Uh, he wasn't Kermit. I, I didn't, I never wanted to be necessarily in front of the camera or or the star of a film. I was always okay. If I happened to be in something, I always thought that would kind of be fun and yeah. interesting to do. And um, if you've, by the way, watched the Thomas Crown Affair or the Irishman, I'm in both of them. Nice. Um, so, and also shout out to IMDB for the best credits of my, of my career. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that, um, yeah. Final answer. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to grab the screen screen grabs from the from those two oh, movies you mentioned. By the way, the screen grabs. I was uh -huh. on a billboard in Times Square, and my first what? my first su supporting 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 role as a as a off camera on camera dancer in the Thomas Crowd Affair. I'll send it to you. It's awesome. That's my next. That's my. I'm in this like weird phase on LinkedIn where I'm um, I'm going through archival content and. Sort of like picking the small pieces and expanding yeah. on the stories as as you, as you see and yeah I just I just did one with John Oliver 
Um, he, that was a good one. So he's a Vinny Potestivo. Like just this the way he before, says my name. This is before his last week uh, tonight. Uh, yeah, 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 story, yeah. Right? This, this is like back on the on his OG The Daily Show segment. OG Daily Show. That's right. Yeah. Neat. All right. Next that's question: What is your favorite movie or TV show? Ooh, um, <laughs> it's a hard one for me. Yeah. Um, favorite movie or TV show? Um. So if I'm going to go nostalgia, I'm going to go and and I'm looking at like what is there's two shows I watched over obsessively, which was the never ending story. Oh, my God. Right. Which I think a lot of us like really connected with. And then mm. Swiss Family Robinson. <laughs> so weird. I can't believe I, I, I couldn't I could come up with such better answers. I could be like the Truman Show and it inspired no. me to be a producer. But I'm like. But you know, no. also um, my favorite, I loved silliness. I loved silly on TV. Um, God rest his soul, but I loved Paul Rubens who played PB Herman and like PB's yeah. Playhouse was like one of my favorite shows on, on TV. The silliness of it allowed me to yeah. connect with people in a way that, and I, I'm a very creative communicator. And mm -hmm. um, Again, that's why that's why I think I like what I like, and so I want to keep this rapid. But sorry, yeah. I love it. <laughs> oh, so wait, wait, so my answers are Pee Wee's Playhouse and Swiss Family Robinson. It's the worst. Uh, I watch a lot of game shows too. I think they're really good because it's gonna it's gonna answer it's gonna help us answer the next question. Maybe okay. it might change your answer. I don't know. Okay. Let's see. Okay. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Oh yeah, any movie. Uh, well, uh, this is a weird. Uh, yeah. Mm. I, I want to say like uh, Aladdin. <laughs> wait, I want to be who, like a Disney prince or something like that. No, no, I who do be... you want to be in Aladdin? Aladdin. Okay. Why you? <laughs> no, I love it because my my uncle who, who he used to collect Barbie dolls. He worked at Toys R Us. Um, he he called me the the Aladdin doll for. For Barbie, I'm like, I don't oh. know if Barbie ever made a Ken doll. Was there like a, a, a limited edition or something was... like that? <laughs> I don't know. But like, oh. hey, you're you're sure. Aladdin. I'm like, okay, sure. Well, uh, I, did, I probably I probably didn't have a beard back then. <laughs> <laughs> I liked I liked the I like his the nature of Aladdin. I like he's, he's got to make it fit in. Yeah, and right? and. He, and like love is his guide and he's got friends with strange unique powers you know yeah and just and he's in this weird world that he kind of you know i can relate to being i look who can't relate to being the underdog and also i i would want to be aladdin because like jasmine's by far one of the most superior disney princesses oh, wow. out there and i can't be jasmine because that's just I just don't like her songs as much as I like Aladdin, and that's the only reason why. So I'll say that. Yeah, um, I don't remember something... any of her songs. I don't remember <laughs> yeah. Aladdin's songs. <laughs> All right. You got two more questions. All right. Second Thanks. one, uh, who is your favorite superhero? Uh, favorite superhero. So like, I'm, I'm obviously going to probably end up on Wonder Woman. Uh, that Wonder Woman is a show that I grew up watching, and... Mm. Um, the lasso of truth and everything about that world um i loved uh yeah and she didn't have to get 
bit by a spider or she, you know <laughs> like all those other horrible things that happened is i could look as a kid oh. as a kid i went through some trauma but that trauma gave me superpowers and i can relate to unfortunately i can't relate to spider-man because he lost someone in his life i was lucky as a child batman also mm -hmm. right i didn't lose someone in my life um young that that i didn't have that that loss um i had yeah. other other things but i couldn't relate to that yeah and um so yeah <laughs> i love it man um i was gonna say um wonder woman was only possible because of who her mom and dad were right mm -hmm. so there's so much power in where we come from like oh, yeah i'm always looking at that and like okay where like i'm always always looking at the history of things and, and how things started i mean i'm a huge nerd when it comes to superhero and, and it's it's pretty awesome i mean yeah i've got, Wait, I've got I, never, uh, I never thought about that so if her dad is got, zeus got ooh. right here yeah right all of these people characters back here <laughs> yeah zeus i think zeus was the dad so her dad. she's like half sisters to hercules yeah that's almost. what i just did so by the way hercules okay so then if i don't get aladdin then hercules would be there you uh, go. but i love those that was a special era of disney is, magic musicals in the late 90s and amen that era of time so our last <laughs> and, question and the boy's voice can be sweet you know back then <laughs> so anyway yeah played by a girl yeah if you were a board game, what would it be? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Dude, okay, what if you made a game called Sorry, Not Sorry? <laughs> that's exactly what I'm thinking about. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly where my brain went on that one. Right? Um, you know, it's all about like, but I would be like, it, it would be like life lessons. Like, sorry, you didn't get what you wanted because we had a better plan for you. Yeah. You know, sorry, it didn't work out. Sorry, you lost everything that you had because you needed to clear space so you could be exponential. This yeah. idea of uh, maybe ad ad I would spin it in a way of adversity because I did not, I was not aware of that word, did not understand mm -hmm. the power of adversity. Mm -hmm. Once you give me a word, I can understand and something exists then I begin to wrap my head around it. I wish yeah. someone told me that there was a special power in, in recovering. I just thought it was recovering and yeah. that was a do or die, you know, sort of situation. So but all that being said, sorry, probably also a little bit of shoots and ladders, but you know, I, I like, I like the, there concept. it is. There's the game. We combine, yeah. sorry, call it, sorry, not sorry. And then it's shoots and ladders. Yeah. That's the sequel. Yeah, that's, that's the, the sequel. <laughs> that's the sequel. That's the card game version of it. I love that answer. <laughs> Vinny, thank you so fun. much for your time. This was so much fun, man. I appreciate you. Um, and I know you talk a huge about branding and you've built your brand, the VPE brand. Mm -hmm. Where can our listeners find you? Oh yeah, I appreciate that. I have a podcast.com is the place to come to connect. Whether you have a podcast, want to be on podcasts, or are looking how to leverage podcasts in what you're doing, uh, I have a fascination for podcasts because we own them. Mm -hmm. Right? I come from TV where a couple of people own those TV companies. We are exponential in this booming world of podcasts. Junaid, th this episode is what makes the podcast industry get bigger. And Junaid yep. owns it, by the way. How could I not show up for that? 
Um, so I would say I have a podcast.com. And if you're listening to this podcast a- after this, if, if not another one of these episodes, hop over to I have a podcast. If you're on Apple, the signal that shoots to Apple is that people who listen to this podcast also listen to I have a podcast and Junaid and I might have an opportunity for some extra discoverability um, yes. if the platform sees it. So Hello. those are two good places. Thanks. Thank you, Vinny. Appreciate you, bud. We'll catch you in the next episode, brother. Thank you for listening to Hacks and Hobbies. You can find additional information on the guest today on the website, hacksandhobbies.com. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming interviews with amazing guests.